Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm Heather Williams. And of course, we have to start this week's edition of the Backstretch with a huge congratulations to my co-host and analyst, Chris Carrier and Henderson Motorsports. They picked up the big win at Mid-Ohio. When Chris joins me a little later on, we're going to talk about this a lot. But how exciting for that team. They're a small team, but they're not an underdog team. They they show up and they compete every week that they're there. They're 16th in the points despite only running, I think, eight races this year. There are five or six teams that have run the full schedule that are behind them in the points. So, I mean, this is a team that, that's in it to win it. Chris and their team, uh, Parker Kligerman, uh, the Hendersons, Charlie and Don, they really, Debbie Creasy, they really showed up. They really showed out. And I'm Having worked with them a lot over the last four or five years, I'm pretty happy for that group. So congratulations to them. And like I said, we'll talk about that a little later on when Chris joined us in the podcast. The big news of the week, Tyler Reddick going to 23-11 racing in 2024. So he'll spend the rest of this year and all of next year still with Richard Childress Racing, which could make for a little bit awkward situation, although I think everybody wants to win, right? I mean, RCR certainly would like to see Tyler win a championship this year because that championship would be RCR's championship um, as well. So, But it is interesting that 2311 is out there getting guys, finding guys, building their team two years in advance. I mean, they are they are out there trying to put together the best possible team as they can. I don't see this as a replacement necessarily for anyone in the stable. Denny Hamlin's made it pretty well known. He wants to expand to a two, three or four car team. So I think it's possible that this could be that. It also could be possible that Kurt Busch may retire. He's 40 or would be 48 years old, I think, in 2024. So he's he's approaching that. Denny said that Kirk can drive for them as long as he wants to drive. So I think those are the two possibilities. I don't think Bubba Wallace is going anywhere. He's the guy that has the most sponsorship. He is very competitive. His team as a whole has struggled this year, but Bubba's actually driven pretty well. So I think that it's likely that this is either going to be Kurt Busch retires or they add a third team. Sorry, Bubba Wallace haters. He's probably going to stay with the group. Uh, for a while. The last thing I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about all of these things with Chris, is Corey LaJoy. What a great story that was at Atlanta, all the way down until the half, final half lap of the final lap when he hit the wall. But just seeing him running up front, competing for a win, having a chance, going for it instead of settling for second, all those things were great. I mean, Corey has clearly made himself one of the fan favorites because he's a great guy. He's super knowledgeable, super um, open to the fans and really gives them a a sense of what it's like to be a driver in his position. And I think he's really good for the sport. A win for the sport would have been great. I, I can't be mad, though, at Chase Elliott for going for a win at his home track. I mean, he should be going for a win all the time. You think back a couple years ago, Denny Hamlin, Matt Benedetto, and what happened there. I mean, you got to go for the win, right? Wins are everything, especially when you're competing for a championship. So I'm not mad at Chase. I think it would have been, in my opinion, a better story if Corey would have won. But it was still fun to watch. And I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to not just Corey's talent, but how much talent there is throughout the field when they're put in the right situation. 
I mean, Corey had never been in that situation. He was able to hold off guys. He was able to drive up front. He was, was able to maneuver through the traffic against guys he's not used to racing against. Except for at the Super Speedway, he's had some top 10 finishes at the Super Speedways before. So, I mean, he's been around them a little bit, but not like this. Just shows how much talent there is and how organizations and situations are just as much a part of a driver's success as um, the driver themselves. So, lots to talk about this week. We got a jam-packed show. Harrison Burton coming off of his best finish in his career, 10th place at Atlanta, is our guest. So, let's get to it. We start this week with congratulations for our crew chief, Chris Carrier. He also happens to be the crew chief for the race-winning number 75 Food Country Truck in the KP World Truck Series. You had quite a weekend, my friend, dominating the race at Mid-Ohio. Yes, ma'am. We uh, just a wonderful uh, couple days for the Henderson Motorsports Food Country uh, Truck Series team out of Abington. I'm just so proud of, of our driver and our people and our company and our ownership family and just everybody tied to Food Country and Henderson Racing, all the guys and gals that uh, help us spend time preparing uh, a lot of rhetoric that this is a, you know, one employee, one man race team and that's really pretty far from the truth in reality, but uh, I'm, I'm not Superman by, by, well, that's pretty obvious. But anyway, uh, a great win for us. I'm, I'm just real proud. A beautiful day at a beautiful racetrack, historic racetrack. Man, these races are tough to win, Heather. They're just, it's, it's very difficult. And, uh, you know, we, we came out ahead this time, and I don't think it'll be the last time. It's kind of validating for us, but also very gratifying, and we're just very, uh, very thankful. Very thankful for the opportunity. I heard Parker say in an interview that this is a 10-year-old race truck. He calls you a magi magician, but you guys won with that with a 10-year-old race truck. That's incredible. Well, it's it's a it was actually built when I was maybe when I was at Turner Motorsports or right after. I'm not really positive about that timeline but it is about 10 11 years old as far as the main chassis and uh, it's kind of funny the guy that actually was over the fab shop that built that truck mr steve levitt's one of the most respected uh one of my heroes uh respected chassis builder for a long time he actually built the truck that runs second on saturday he now works for david gilleran racing and they built that's a brand new road course chassis uh, truck for the 38 team and uh, you know it's just kind of cool I mean it's uh, he he's one of my heroes he's a great man been in the sport a long time and a smart man so that uh, I didn't know that until Monday and it just makes it even better you know but uh, just proud of everybody proud of our driver proud of those two guys Parker and Zane for running a race ran all over one another all up just behind each other back and forth there was time sure at times it was they could have taken each other's pulse and never ran over any anybody never ran over each other never wrecked each other never pushed each other out of the way they raced clean they raced hard it was one of the best races i've seen period but especially all year and i hope some other drivers in our series and other series take take heed take a little uh, example from that to know that it can be done meanwhile in atlanta where i was chase elliott dominated at his home track in georgia Going into the weekend, there was a lot of talk that there wasn't really a real favorite for the championship. After this weekend, is Chase Elliott the guy? Well, I mean, uh, it's what you've done for me lately, kind of. Uh, Heather, I, I think maybe he is as much a favorite as anybody. I mean, he seems to be 
uh, he and that team seem to be uh, getting all their stuff together and getting everything figured out at the right time. I mean, we got to remember that, you know, this is kind of like NFL or some of these other sports, baseball, basketball, that the, the, the most important time is right before you go into the playoffs. And you can be a little ho-hum, I guess, in the first of the season, as long as you get yourself a win or get yourself into the playoffs, and then everything kind of refreshes and goes back to ground zero. And, you know, these, these guys are kind of famous for that. And uh, Chase is a capable driver. He's capable of winning a championship. He's capable of winning races. He's capable of running good anywhere he goes. So why not? So I, I think maybe he's, he might be the guy. The other story of this weekend was Corey LaJoy. Mm -hmm. His underfunded Spire Motorsports team had a hot day in Atlanta. Given the situation the 17 was in, he had a shot to win the race and he went for it. Is that what you would have done at the end? I, I don't know that I would have done anything different than Corey, uh, except maybe if I'd have been driving, I'd have probably flipped out through Plowter on Highway 41 somewhere, whatever. But, but, you know, I think he and that team performed extraordinary. I, I, I just thought their performance was super. Uh, I was also very impressed with his post-race interview, how he handled it, how he just told the truth. He didn't whine. He didn't you know, nah, 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 about something, blaming somebody else. He, he just took his shot. It didn't quite work out. He didn't complain about not having a good enough car or something like that, or complain about somebody else's moves on the racetrack. He just said, I need to be better. I learned some for the next time. And you know what? For that young man, there's gonna be a next time. And that team is growing. Uh, I was pulling for him while I was watching it. Not that I have anything against the nine or anybody else, but I, you know, I, I identify with that. and. Um, I think, uh, you know what, this isn't going to be the last time we're going to be talking about this young man or that seven truck car. I'd already deemed it the weekend of the underdog based yes. on what you guys did in Austin Hill and then hopefully yeah. him, but it didn't quite work out, but it was still great to watch. It's A been. lot was made going into the weekend of the crew member swap between the 20 and the 23, and right out of the gate this weekend, the 20 team had a big mistake on pit road losing a wheel. Christopher Bell told me before the race that things haven't been all rosy for the 20 this year, and he was hoping this change might him help him as well, but does this weekend prove that maybe Bubble was right in asserting that there were some major problems on the 23 pit crew? Well, Heather, I mean, kind of the old saying is, you know, I mean, there's proof in the pudding, and where there's smoke, there's usually fire and all that, whatever, however you want to say it, statistics show uh, maybe, you know, maybe this is just something that's, that's going to light a fire under everybody. I mean, you know, I don't personally know the guys that were on the 23 team or basically any, many of any of those teams, but, um, you know, these are capable people. Uh, they're, they're physically, experience-wise, abilities, are, it's all there. They just have to, like everything else, they just have to put it all together. And there's, there's something there that's keeping, apparently, that group from gelling the way they should. And in, in pit stops, pit stops are all about, you know, it's basically all about time and motion and hand motions and feet, footwork. It's all simple steps. And somewhere, somewhere there, the, you know, it's getting discombobulated. So. Um, it, I, I guess this will be hopefully a, a little shot in the arm for the 23 team and maybe they can get that 
uh, you know, get that out of their way. It's, it's not an issue. It's not something to worry about or whatever, and they can go on and race. And now the 20 team's got to figure out what they want to do. And they, they've been kind of underperforming this year, so um, they, they have some stuff to figure out too. But uh, both are capable. Mo both are capable of turning around and still getting a win this season, drivers and teams. So uh, we'll just have to see how it works out for both. All right, speaking of 2311, they announced that Tyler Reddick would be joining the team in 2024. No details about what car or if he would be replacing a current driver or be a third car. What do you think the future holds for 2311? And will Tyler Reddick be able to run all of next season as a lame duck at RCR? Well, the, I'm going to answer the last part or attempt to the last question first. Is like that, That's tough. When you know you're leaving and you know the guy's not going to be there, you know you're not going to be a part of this team, it is it is tough, you know, to, for everybody to put full effort because there's a lot of things that the team doesn't want to share a driver or anybody else who they know is leaving as far as information-wise, as far as their approach of what their abilities are. I, I believe Tyler Reddick will give 110% every time he steps in a race car. I, I don't think that'll change. If I was on the 2311 side of it, I would probably do, be doing somersaults right now because I believe that this company will, will expand to a three and then a four car team. There's no reason they won't. Uh, they're gonna be a major player and that's the best way to do it. Uh, they're getting what I feel like is one of the most talented young men in sports right now. And in his particular sport, I think he's a hot commodity. and. This doesn't surprise me really that this has happened because I think actually, to be honest with you, I think 2311 probably has some more resources to go after somebody like that than Richard Childress does. It's as simple as that. So anyway, um, I hope it will be a big plus and it will let the 2311 team expand and get better. I think that'll be good for the sport. This week, NASCAR heads to New Hampshire for its only trip to that track this year. Eric Almarola won the race last year. How do you think this race will shake out on Sunday? This uh, New Hampshire is a tough place. It's tough on the crew chief. It's tough on the driver. The driver gets irritated a lot because it's a you know it's a one mile flat track with long straightaways. Uh, it's kind of like a big Martinsville in a way, but it's it's not so much grip and they've, they've done sealer and, and grip spray and all this stuff to, to put different grooves in, in different parts of the racetrack, you know, the low lane, the high lane, so on. It has adhered to really good racing the last, last couple, of, couple of races here. Uh, you know, Eric Elmerola, this might be his shot for this year. So him being the last winner there, I think that gives him an advantage and it may, you know, he, I think he's going to, I think that team will swing for the fence this weekend to, to make their mark this year and get in the playoffs. So could be an interesting race. Joining us now is Harrison Burton, driver of the number 21 Wood Brothers Ford. First of all, Harrison, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a blast. So excited to see what you got for me today. Well, let's start with the good news coming off your best run in the Cup Series at Atlanta. Talk about that run. That was a crazy day of racing, but it seemed like you just kind of was were patient and kind of kept out of trouble and found yourself at the top 10. Yeah, for sure. It was it was a good day for us. You know, I, I felt like we had a good race car all day um, and and something we could build off of and, and led some laps there, which was exciting. So 
Um, cool to do that. I feel like we, we nailed our strategy on pit road there. Um, and that helped us a lot to get the track position. And then once we were up there, I felt like we belonged. So it was cool to, cool to go up there and run well and, and, um, you know, try and carry some momentum into this weekend, which I think is a really important weekend for us, uh, going to New Hampshire. It's, uh, kind of an opportunity track for us. I feel like it's, it's going to match our race cars style well. So, um, you know, excited to go try and run well there and, and see what we can do. You talked about feeling like you belonged up in the top 10. How much of a challenge as a rookie is it sometimes to, uh, to kind of figure out where you belong and how you belong and realize, you know, you're good enough to run up front, but sometimes when you're making rookie mistakes, it's probably pretty difficult. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, you put the cup guys up on a really high pedestal, right? When you're a young kid and, and growing up and, and now you're here and you're racing them. So, uh, you know, I, I've been lucky that I've been around the sport for a long time and have known a lot of these drivers for a long time. And, um, you know, I feel like I can kind of get, get along with them well and all that. So I don't feel out of place in that way. I just feel, you know, that sometimes it's, uh, it's challenging just to go beat them. So, uh, when you can go do that and run well, it's really exciting and, and, uh, something you can build off of for sure. So, the second, as you head into the second half of the season, we're about what, three or four races in the second half. How much is your experience now that we're going back to tracks? Because Atlanta was a track that we've been to once. How much is that helping you improve those finishes? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, that's where I think we're going to see a lot of improvement from our team. And, and kind of, you know, in the beginning part of the year, it feels like you're trying to drink through a fire hose, right? There's so much information coming and you can't really, you can't, get it all down. You, you, you're struggling to understand every single detail. Well, now we have notes off of this car at this racetrack at this configure, you know, everything is there and it's back to now where we used to go and, and talk about, Oh, well this, this year, the track is going to do this because of this tire and whatnot. And now it was like, we don't even know where to start to begin this year. So um, getting back to, to kind of a, a, a normal, learning curve and, and the similar changes to usual is, is good. And um, yeah, I think that's where we'll see a lot of improvement in our team for sure. Your team is uh, obviously a Penske affiliated team, but it's also still kind of a little bit of a smaller team than, than others. When you see the other teams like yours having success, does it, does it give you confidence, encouragement, uh, you know, whatever to be able to say, you know, we could probably in these last seven races go out here and win one. Yeah, I feel great, you know, about our team and where we are. And, and uh, you know, honestly, whenever someone else runs good, it doesn't make me feel good. It, it makes me <laughs> upset. Uh, you know, that's just, I guess, part of being a race car driver is you have to be selfish like that. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I feel good about our team because of the direction and, and the trajectory we're on. Um, and there's, you know, at some points in the year, it didn't seem like there was light at the end of the tunnel. Well, now we're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not just been Atlanta. Um, you know, I think back to Gateway, we qualified well, had good speed in the race. Uh, Nashville, there were times where I felt like we could be a top five, top 10 car and, and times that we weren't. But, you know, we're starting to show those flashes of, of being uh, fast and competitive. And, and that's really what we need to do. And, and once you start showing flashes of that, it'll it'll start turning into more of a, a habit than anything else. You mentioned New Hampshire is a good track for you potentially. Are there any other tracks this last seven you circle and think uh, this is really a chance where we could, 
maybe get ourselves into the playoffs? Yeah, there's a few, um, you know, that, that I think is, is all, you know, Daytona is always going to be an opportunity for everybody. Um, so that's one that I can mark down and, and having led laps there in the 500, you know, that that's one that I could say we could win at. Um, you know, there's a few races in the playoffs that I feel really good about. So I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see kind of just how it goes and, and, and take it how it comes. I've always gotten in Xfinity in particular, I would kind of think, oh, yeah, I feel like I can win here. Uh, and maybe I won't be so good here. It's not my best track. And then I would run fifth at the place I thought I would win and then win at the place I didn't think I would win at. So, um, you know, you, you got to just kind of take the weekend how it comes and prepare every week like you can win. And, and I think then it'll take care of itself. So for my final thought this week, I want to double back to the 20 slash 23 crew swap that went on this week um, and all the things have kind of been said about that. I had a chance to uh, to be in an interview um, with Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, and Denny Hamlin, all three separate, not at the same time. But the three of them before the race last week at Atlanta and, and got to hear their thoughts on the switch. And I thought that Christopher Bell's reaction was pretty telling. Um, I'm going to play the soundbite and then we'll talk about it afterwards. We have had... Uh, pit crew issues on the 20 as well you know uh, it hasn't been all um, fun and games for us on the 20 group either so you know I, I think that both of us the 23 and the 20 are looking for improvements and you know we've been saying that we've been looking for improvements and uh, this is you know I think a I don't want to say maybe a first step I don't know what the 23 has gone into but uh, a step to hopefully improve both teams and, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It's really kind of hard to tell from the audio, but in the video, you can see that Christopher's very uncomfortable. His body language is very uncomfortable with um, what's going on with the cruise chief, being asked about the cruise, uh, the cruise swap. Um, just a couple of crew members. It wasn't the entire crew, but, you know, it hasn't been all great for Christopher Bell. It was worse last week. The tire fell off. It wasn't all the way on when the jack was dropped. I don't believe the Jackman was a part of who um, was switched, but I think either the tire carrier or the tire changer was. So um, that could have had something to do with it. But look, both teams needed to find some synergy if you ask the drivers in their crew chief. Week one out of the box, did it work out better for Bubba Wallace? Yeah, it did. Next week uh, or this week at New Hampshire, might it work out better for Christopher Bell? Maybe. One of the things that I thought was really interesting in the conversation with Denny Hamlin is he talked about the youth of uh, his crew, his being Bubba Wallace's number 23 crew, and how they really needed to maybe get infused with some veterans, and he thought that this switch would help in that regard. So, look, I don't want people to think that well, I don't want the misconception to be out there that this is Bubba Wallace is doing and all Bubba Wallace is doing and they're just catering to Bubba Wallace. There's much more going on than that. I also don't want people to think that somehow 2311 is cutting corners or being cheap or being lazy or Denny wielding his power, all things that I've heard because they're not fielding their own pit crews. It's a little more complicated than that to get to find guys. You know, one of the things that Denny said that really stuck out to me is there are not five guys better sitting on their couch at home right now. If the guys were truly better, 
they would be on teams. And that's not to say that if you plucked a rear tire change or put it on the team, the chemistry not, may not be better and the overall performance may not be better. But at the end of the day, there's not guys that are more talented than the guys that are in the crew in the crew rooms right now. They're training, they're on the pit crews. Those are the most talented guys available. Does it always work out? No. But that's the kind of evaluation you really have to make at the end of the season. You can't make that mid-season. Switching people around and, and trying this out is really the best hope for both of these teams to have improved performances on pit road. So we'll see. There's seven regular season races left and then 10 postseason races. So we'll see in these 17 races if it truly makes a difference or if there needs to be wholesale changes made on the 20 and the 23 in the offseason. That'll do it for the backstretch. We'll see you next week.